0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this chance to gather to study your word um, in sacred scripture. As uh, John Paul II reflects on this in the theology of the body, please send your Holy Spirit to guide us, to send your light of your truth, um, to enlighten our minds and our understanding, so that we can uh, understand this beautiful teaching, of this saint and pope of the church and apply it to our lives to understand how to form our attitudes our minds and our hearts um, according to the church and according to the truth Um, so we ask all this through christ our lord and the intercession of our blessed mother in heaven as we pray hail mary full full of grace blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus Holy Mary, and Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for God. us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. Pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So, <laughs> welcome everybody. Um, we're just going to go through theology of the body number three, and I'll just pull out a few lines from it, uh, trying to pull out the most important points of what he says in theology of the body number three. Um, He delivered this, St. John Paul II delivered this on September 19th, 1979. Um, So we're still at the very beginning of the theology of the body reflections. Um, That lasted a total of five years before he was finished, but we're still in the first month of him delivering this. Um, so I'll share my screen. here. Okay, so today we're talking about the second creation account, um, Genesis 2, where, um, where actually God is referred to by the name of Yahweh in Genesis 2 and scripture scholars think that Genesis 2 was written prior, was, is an older work of literature than Genesis 1 um, because of the name Yahweh and because of different elements in it. Um, John Paul II reflects about Genesis 2 that it's a more um, psychological account. It, it goes into the subjective experience of Adam and Eve more so than Genesis 1. Genesis 1 covers the creation of the world in the seven days, the one after the other, the succession. And it's a very objective view of creation, where it just states man and woman were made in the image of God. It states the truth. Um, And that's one reason why it's, Biblical scholars think it was written later because the theolo- theology in it is more developed. That's just a theory, um, but anyway, Genesis two is obviously much more subjective than Genesis one. It it goes into the subjective experience of Adam and Eve, into their interior life, what they were thinking, feeling. Genesis 1 doesn't do that, but Genesis 2, another account of the creation of the world, gives us details such as um, it speaks of original innocence, original <laughs> happiness, and the first fall. So we're also, John Paul II says also included in this should be chapter 3 of Genesis, which is about the fall, and the first verse of chapter 4. Um, so that's sort of what, what scripture we're looking at right now. And we find there in Nucleo, in Genesis chapter 2, almost all the elements of the analysis of man to which modern and above all contemporary philosophical anthropology is sensitive. So that's a big sentence. But um, it's basically saying that in Genesis chapter 2, like people who study anthropology today, modern anthropology, contemporary philosophical anthropology, anthropology is the study of man, what it means to be human. we find in this first cha- in the second chapter of Genesis, um, almost all the elements of, of this philosophical anthropology that people are doing today. So, this ancient work of literature contains all these truths and elements that people today are talking about. Um, it's just amazing that such an ancient work about the human person th- that's found in the Bible contains these truths that people are, are still talking about today find that. I don't see that quote. Where, where are I, I have a three, two open, but I don't see it. It's in three, one. So it's a, uh, if, if you go to three point, if you go to 3.2 and look in the paragraph right above it, it's about four or five sentences up from where, before you start to. Michelle, what, uh, translation are you using the Michael Waldstein. Yes, of course. Okay. Okay. I just want to find that sentence because I've it's, felt uh, this on, before when you were, Which line page, is it in three? It, it's on page one hundred and thirty-eight. If you're using the Michael Waldstein. Mm-hmm. One thirty-eight. I thought we were on the third, like, third audience. We are. Right. Okay. So I see I'm doing something wrong. I was doing three three. Sorry. <laughs> <It's> okay. Okay. <coughs> Got it. Okay. So Genesis chapter two presents the creation of man, especially in the aspect of his subjectivity. So that's just saying what what we already talked about. Genesis two gives us more psychological view of the human person, what Adam and Eve experienced interiorly. John Paul II is big on this with his uh, phenomenological approach. Um, So using phenomenology, using phenomena of the human person to Uh, search for truth. So that's how we come to not looking at human experience um, to come to truth. And Genesis 2 gives us a good example of this. So in the Bible calls the first human being man, Adam, um, while from the moment of the creation of the first woman, it calls him the male Ish and the woman Isha. So This, this is at the creation of man is the, or the creation of woman is the first time the Bible uses like male and female, ish and isha. Um, Before this, he referred to man as Adam, which is more like humanity or man in general. Um, And so when uh, at the creation of the first woman, there's two words now, male and female. So Christ not only links the beginning with the mystery of creation, but also leads us to the boundary, so to speak, between man's primeval innocence and original sin. So in in this dialogue with the Pharisees, this is how we started. The Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him a question um, about marriage, about divorce, about the law of Moses. Moses allowed for us to get a divorce. Jesus, what do you say? And Jesus refers them to the beginning, um, to God's original plan. And St. John Paul II is reflecting here that this beginning shows us a boundary. It shows us a boundary between man's state of original innocence and man's state of original sin. So our beginning is with innocence. God created us good. God saw all that he had created, and indeed it was very good, says Genesis. So we come from original innocence, um, and at the first fall, the original sin, something radically changed. But before this, there was a state of original innocence and original happiness, and there are verses of scripture that speak about this state, about this state before sin, when Adam and Eve were living in God's plan. Um, the state of original happiness. So these are some of the key scripture verses from Genesis that John Paul II will reflect on. Um, in, this, in this third audience, he quotes, he, he lists all these verses um, from Genesis chapter 2. With the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he formed a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this time she is flesh from my flesh and bone from my bones. She will be called woman because from man has she been taken. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and unite with his wife, and the two will be one flesh. Now both were naked, the man and his wife, but they did not feel shame. So these these few verses of scripture contain a lot of truth about anthropology about what it means to be man about what it means that God created us male and female and John Paul II through the, the catechesis the theology of the body will reflect on this going forward um, so Jesus actually before I mention this quote uh, Jesus refer when he's speaking to the Pharisees um, and he refers to the beginning in that passage of Matthew chapter 19 he actually um, quotes from Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. If you look at the words Jesus uses, um, he quotes from both Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, which is very interesting. And John Paul II has some comments about that. But this (laughs) final quote that I have here um, from John Paul II, says, systematic theology was to see different states of human nature status naturae integrae the state of integral nature and status naturae lapse state of fallen nature so this is just saying that systematic theology the tradition of the church in theology has seen these two different states um, that john paul ii speaks of as original innocence and then the state of original sin But this is looking at human nature. Systematic theology has called that um, that human nature, the human person. There's a state of integral nature where our nature is integral, our whole before sin, and then the state of fallen nature where um, human nature is fallen. This is where concupiscence comes in, which John Paul II will reflect on later, as the Bible also speaks of concupiscence being in the world as well so